I want to see how much pull we have in the city of Atlanta. See if we can get some of those chicken wings oh. sent down here to Orlando. What's poppin' everybody? Tim, how are we doing, my man? We are back for another episode. We are back. Masters is back. Doing well. Yeah, we had a little hiatus there for a little bit, but I'm very excited to be back. We had a truly great conversation today with our guest, Patrick Cromwell, coming up at the end. He's a super interesting guy. He's doing great work with his company, NARP. It's a clothing company. You'll hear all about it. Highly recommend listening to it. We also get into the NFL and some of our relationship building. Despite Tim's criticism of my categories, we talk, <laughs> we talk our rankings of the NFL and we get into some NBA trades and free agency, just a whole lot of everything. I think this is one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded yet. Just a lot of fun. So let's get right into it. All right, let's get into the numbers game here. Tim, this is number 10. This is a good number. Who do you have? Yeah, here's my number 10. Walt Frazier. Nice. Famous New York Nick. Some people think he's the best New York Nick of all time. Little known fact about Walt Frazier. He's the eldest of nine children, which Sheesh. is nuts. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Oldest of nine. Another one of these guys, I feel like every week my guy is just, I figure out, I do a little research on him and figure out he's like an incredible athlete. So this guy, he quarterbacked football team in high school, played catcher for baseball team. He was a stud football player and had a couple of different scholarship offers for football, but he was a quarterback. And his quote is, there were no other black quarterbacks. So I switched to basketball and played basketball in college. Kind of nuts. He went to Southern Illinois University where he ended up crushing it. He is one of the most beloved Knicks of all time because of the finals in 1970. So him and Willis Reed, like two-headed dragon here. Yep. Willis Reed got, gets hurt, game five, right? Everyone's like, Knicks are done. Knicks are toast. Walt Frazier comes out and decides to have one of the greatest sports performances of all time. Look at this. Here's the stat line, game Archimate. five, the NBA finals. 36 points. Seven rebounds, 19 assists, Sheesh. and six steals to get the win. Automatic New York legend, Walt Frazier. There you go. Yeah, you can't really go wrong there, especially uh, since the Knicks have been struggling so much recently. Yikes. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, I have a question, though, really quick. Yeah. As a baseball guy, obviously all sports guy for you, a little bit less on the basketball side, what, like, what do you know about Walt Frazier? Like, what is your, when you hear the name Walt Frazier, what do you think? New York Knicks, success, winning, last yeah. real era of real Nick dominance. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I think he, he won in 1970, 1973. So you get this. So Walt Frazier, when he got traded in, I think, 74 or whatever to Cleveland. And everyone in New York was like, you're trading Walt Frazier? Like, right. this is our guy. Like, this is like, the best Nick ever yeah. and you're going to trade him. And it was just like this outcry. His career ended like three years later. He totally sweated out, got traded to Cleveland, but such an interesting, I mean, it's one of those things that like crazy story, obviously Walt Frazier, that game, I mean, putting up 36 points and 19 assists, like, come on, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah I, I picked somebody and I told myself I was going to stay away from soccer again, but it's number 10, right? Number nine and 10. Those are soccer numbers. I, I got to go are. with it. They are. And obviously there's a lot of an infinite amount of incredible numbers you could choose. And Messi being an obvious current number 10, borderline greatest of all time. Uh, but I had to go with another fan favorite classic number 10, Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. Yeah, Love just it. an absolute icon. You know, 
it's it's definitely more of a Brazilian thing, but you know you made it when you've just completely taken over the one name thing. Mm-hmm. Once you become Ronaldinho, that's it. Uh, that's kind of how you make it to another status. Um, he's just an icon of the game, right? Like everybody knows him for his in, insane dribbling, his his moves, his flair. He just represented everything beautiful about the game. Went from PSG to Barcelona to Milan, big teams everywhere. He won everywhere he went. Two-time FIFA Men's Best Player of the Year, Ballon d'Or winner, World Cup winner, uh, Champions League winner. The guy, he did it all. And he's just truly an icon. I think some of the... <laughs> The recent struggles he's had, he's had have been uh, a bit interesting. He recently went to jail after some tax issues, and then okay. he used a fake passport. Yeah, this, I'm not making this up. This is real. What's the deal with soccer players and tax issues? I well, first of all, I think I'm not entirely. They're making so much money over there that they're operating in a different set of rules. But yeah, you're right. They're like messy tax issues, Ronaldo tax issues. Kind of seems like more of a structural thing if every single like ma- big name is getting like, into it. Talk to Donald Trump or something like that. I really was hoping we were going to make it through half an hour without bringing that up. Uh. I couldn't not. I couldn't not. It was just it was a layup. It was a layup. Brutal. Anyway, uh, forgetting that we, we veered into that <laughs> route. Uh, Ronaldinho went to jail for a little bit. I, I don't really understand the fake passport thing, though. Like, I mean, you're Ronaldinho. I don't know how you think you're not gonna get noticed or... <laughs> he like shave his hair or something like what did on, he do man. something to try to like <laughs> what, figure what it doing? out but this 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 needs to be a movie in prison he apparently played on a futsal team which won the tournament because obviously it had ronaldinho he scored five goals and assisted six to win 11 to 2 and i just want to know why this isn't already a movie because i feel like this is the script of of some incredible disney flick Oh, absolutely. Okay, are these, is this, like, this football, is this, like, the, where the pictures, like, the little video clips of him just, like, absolutely schooling kids inside, like, the soccer field in the cage? Is that from this? No, no, he, this was in prison. So, there's no clips of prison Ronaldinho. I see, I don't know, I'm sure there, how do we know this, right? Like, who, who, what official scorekeepers were out here going, at assist Ronaldinho. <laughs> <laughs> Nutmeg the guy who murdered six children last week, like, what? what? <laughs> Here's my thing is I'm sure they didn't have an assist person until Ronaldinho showed up and they're like, okay, like we got to We got to document this a little bit. But again, see, this needs to be a movie. Uh, yeah. I'm in. Simple. I'm in. All right. Well, before we got on a Disney tangent about Ronaldinho <laughs> not making murderers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's start talking some NFL, some football. We're going to build <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. my god, it's incredible. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, well, hey man, it happens, you know. Uh, yeah. let's let's do some relationship building, catch up to where we left off after week four. We just got through week nine. It's gonna be week ten by the time we're recording this. I'm trying to update the list I gave you previously. And I need your your takes on these. Okay. Okay. You may remember first column, first group, it's serious. I'm locked in. These guys are really good. I got one team here. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't want to hear anybody else. I think Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football, and until somebody can prove to me otherwise, I know the Steelers are 8-0. It's great. I don't see anybody beating the Kansas City Chiefs. So you're telling me the team that has not lost, yep. the team is undefeated, mm-hmm. does not – it's not serious with them? The Chiefs have lost one game. It's, I'm not going to act like that's a huge drastic difference. 
Um, and I don't know, man, like I, I, we have champions already crowned last year. They look just as good, if not better. I mean, we have a healthy Mahomes, 25 touchdowns, one interception. I just don't see somebody beating that team. Now, if the Steelers ran, I will get to the Steelers in a minute, but if they ran into each other in playoffs, do I think they could win? Yeah. I think they do a lot of things that could uh, slow down the chiefs, but I think that's the thing you have to slow this team down and I, you can only slow them down for so long. The Raiders had a good game plan there. They took the ball away from Mahomes, but I, I don't see that happening. I think here's my thing is, and, and maybe you want to talk about the Steelers later, but the Steelers passing offense is awesome. And when you look into, hear me out, hear me out. When you look into the numbers of like what actually wins games, it's all about pass efficiency, like blah, blah, blah. Patrick Mahomes. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It's the best team. I agree. I'm just saying that the Steelers should be up there. I mean, they got Juju as like, I know you probably want to talk about Juju, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, like all these dudes who are just balling out. Like I feel every time I've watched the Steelers recently and because they're right now, I'll watch them a few more times and I feel like they look really good. Like Big Ben, as much as I don't necessarily like the guy, and I know you're not a Big Ben guy, nope. I, I feel like he, he looks really good on the field. And I'm not necessarily like an off-the-field Big Ben guy either. I don't know if many people are. But he looks really good. Uh, I, I, would, I would not say he looks really good. I think he looks uh, okay. I, I think he's been good enough to get the ball to his incredible receiving core. I think he's just eh. I, I'm telling you that every he, time I've watched him, this is this is purely anecdotal. I have yeah. zero numbers to back this up. They he are tenth have... in passing rating and uh, yards per game. They are a lot lower than that. It doesn't even matter. It's anecdotal. Every time I've turned on the TV and watched, he's looked awesome, and that's all that matters to me. And <laughs> that's the only thing. Honestly, it's my world, and Big Ben's living in it. Okay, so yeah, Big Ben. We're, we're going to go to the next group now, now that we've left that single tier up at the top, Kansas City Chiefs for me. Next, I've got the crushing group. They're good. They're very solid. And some of these are more solid than others, like the Steelers. I got the Steelers at the top of this group. They're no, you know, they haven't lost. They're good, solid defense. I think Big Ben has been fine. I don't think he's been outstanding. It's just okay. But you can see it's a huge gap between him and the next guy. So, yeah, that, that receiving core is incredible. Don't need to go too much more in depth on that. My next team in this group your very own seattle seahawks very good very good offensive team really bad defensive team i would say like incredible offensive team they don't run the ball super well so maybe not incredible offensive team but as you said russell wilson is really really good dk metcalf tyler lockett are both studs as you said it perfectly their defense is so bad it's atrocious granted jamal adams who's a big piece of that team has been out for a solid chunk of this they just got carlos dunlap back so hopefully they'll be better but it's the point where if anyone's like who should i start for fantasy for quarterback i'm like if you're playing the seahawks defense start that quarterback because they're gonna have three touchdown passes like just do it so yeah i don't know i think the seahawks almost needed to make one more move at the trade deadline but they did get carlos dunlap we'll see if it pays off for him yeah i they're a team that I can see winning any game and losing any game, right? You just never know. And I think the Bills putting up 40 on them, eh, you know, Bills are a good offensive team, but yeah, you hate to see that. 
Yeah, you can't, you can't win shootouts like that every game. But yeah. the next team, very good defense, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. I think it's a solid football team. I do. I, I'm i not pushing the panic button on Lamar. I know a lot of people are, are starting to freak out a bit. I'm not pushing the panic button, but I, I will say I'm not entirely impressed with what I've seen this year. I think um, people have been doing a lot of Kyler Murray Lamar takes. I don't really know, man. You know, I think Kyler Murray obviously has more in the tank as a pure passer. Um, I, I think that's it's tough. They're both so young. But here's the thing, and this is what I – just last thing I want to say on the Ravens and Lamar. He's 22, man. He's younger than Joe Burrow. So he's already won an MVP. There's plenty of time for him to to learn, right? We had LeBron. People saying LeBron couldn't win big games. He choked it in the playoffs. He managed to get over that hump. I'm not saying – Lamar Jackson is LeBron, but I was going to say, do we want to no, no, no. make this statement right here? No, no, no. Okay. I'm not saying he's LeBron, <laughs> but I'm saying like we've seen we've seen big name players who at a very young age have struggled. Right? He's got plenty of time to figure it out, but it's still a little concerning. This year, they haven't had any big wins against those big trademark teams, and that's concerning to me. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. It is. It is interesting that such a big part of the football world is hitting the panic button on Lamar. Yeah. Like it is. So they're like, Ryan Clark was like, I'd rather have Kyler Murray than LeBron than, yep. than Lamar. Sorry. Uh, 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 look what you did. Uh, <laughs> a little Freudian slip. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, here, and here, like, I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. However, he's been so inconsistent in that Pittsburgh game that they lost. He was really bad. He had, yeah, he's why they lost. He, yeah, he had some like multiple throws that were just way off Four like, turnovers, I believe. Yeah. Just way off. And so, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess yeah. I don't know. If no one, no one here is, has, you know, unless you have a, a crystal ball and continue the future. I think we're all in the same boat. Yeah, no, it's just a bit concerning. That's that's the level that I would put that at. Uh, next couple teams here, the Bills, as we previously mentioned. I did not completely buy into that first couple weeks spurt they had where they looked great, but I also didn't buy into the sudden shift that they were not great for three weeks. And I think last week really showed what happens if you unleash that passing offense on a bad bad defense in the Seahawks. I think yeah. they're a good football team. I don't need to spend a ton of time on them. I don't see them ultimately contending against some of these other teams that we've already previously mentioned the green yeah, bay packers one a little bit of noise maybe but yeah but yeah that's what i mean like they can they can beat a team here and there but i think the teams that i've already mentioned are probably better yeah totally agree green bay packers aaron Rodgers, really really good defense not very consistent rogers had a couple games where he's been human but he's still been on a borderline mvp level um I will say Devonte Adams having him on my fantasy team has been a blessing because that connection is unreal. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, like all those experts said before the season, the reason Aaron Rodgers is playing so well is that he was angry, and you know that's the only reason. It's time to trade Devonte Adams. You know, just get rid of him. Really piss <laughs> off Aaron Rodgers. You know, just give him no weapons. Just just roll out fifteen offensive linemen throughout the game. Just interchange them with receiver. Just really piss him off. See what he can do. That narrative does not work for me. Yeah, you can piss him off, but he still needs people to play around him. You definitely could have used another offensive weapon, man. Like, it is, it's unbelievable. When you look at the guys that he's had around him for his yeah. career, like 
and they continually pass over like top wide receiver talent in the draft every year. And you're last like, year's draft was what? so talented in the in the receiver position. This year's draft so talented receiver position. What are we doing, guys? I don't Seriously. know. Whatever. It's, see you later, Packers. I, another good football team. I, I do think they're legit, and the floor's uh, record with Aaron Rodgers since taking over is definitely very very impressive. They just need to play some defense and stay consistent. Yeah. Next team. Saints. I, I've gone through an emotional roller coaster with this team. I, I really, really liked them preseason. Stumbled out of the gates, did not look great. Now they're beating the Bucks 38 to 3. So here's my thing. Obviously, the Michael Thomas situation weird. had a big impact. That was weird. When you the game against the Bucks was like so typical saints right it was drew Brees passing to like 15 different dudes michael thomas feel like felt like he was like always open or yeah whatever it was and it finally felt like okay this was the saints team that everyone expected for this year right and i, I don't know if they're just getting healthy or they're just trying to figure it out or what's going on there or i don't know maybe they've decided to actually play Drew Brees at QB the whole entire game. Oh, you're one of these guys. <laughs> oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Okay. Okay. I don't know about a conspiracy theorist. I think if anything goes to show, I definitely love to indulge in a little conspiracy theory here every once in a while. <laughs> but all I'm saying is the Saints look good. And at like perfectly segues into the Bucks. They got crushed by the Saints. I I'm not sure why everyone is so high on the Bucks. Thank you. I understand you. Brady's Brady, whatever. But so it's it's more the defense. The defense yeah, was like the best defense I, in the league, though. They they were the best defense, and then they just got absolutely torched. So some, thing, something's though, getting exposed. Like, yeah, exactly. Like something's getting exposed. Whatever it might be. I like I see all these analysts week in week out like oh the Bucks are one of the best teams in the NFC. Like they have a legit shot at the Super Bowl. I'm like people pick them as the best team in in. The NFC and borderline the best team in football. And just I'm like two weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't necessarily see that. And I, I don't. And yeah, they have, it's a completely different team with Tom Brady at the helm than it is with James James Winston because of everything that he offers and blah blah blah. Yes. Get that. But I'm still just like, I'm not sold on the Bucks yet. Um no, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you can be. I think the arc it's the thing that's that's frustrating with that team for me is the beginning of the year it was, oh, they haven't had enough time to practice together. They're still growing, they're building. And now it's what? They're they're injured, that they, you know, it's they're still figuring it out. Why why are we making excuses back and forth, right? Like mm-hmm. it's concerning to me that there's we're constantly coming up with these reasons why they're not as good as they should be. Yeah. I I'm not doing that with the Chiefs, right? Yeah. And this is this is one thing that I I want to move on from the Bucks, but one thing that I that really frustrates me from a coaching perspective is I don't understand ever talking about your players in the media the way that Bruce Arians does, intentionally stirring up some weird drama with Tom Brady and Mike Evans by calling them out in some indirect way in his post-game speech. I think it's so weird, man. Like, unless you know something about these guys that motivates them, which to be fair, maybe he does. He deals with these guys on a nightly basis he might know a lot better about how they're motivated but i'm i'm not a huge fan of going out in the media and putting blame on guys they already have to deal with it regardless of how well you know a guy whatever it might be 
every player in like the history of professional sports has always talked about how you keep stuff in house. Yeah. You know, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. Whenever anyone's come out and, you know, said something to the press, it always looks bad. It's yeah. never like a good thing. And this is just like the same exact thing. I, I'm just, I just look at them and I'm like, I don't get why? It. I don't get it. It, it it's never going to do anything that's going to ultimately really make your team that much better. Right. They're already yeah. pulling together for something. You're, you're just dragging people down. It doesn't make sense. Totally. To and I think the biggest thing between coaches and players is trust, right? Trust right. that the coach, like the coach has your back. He wants what's best for you. He's going to put you in a situation that's best for you and for the team. And when he does something like that, just immediately undermines that. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Next team, last team in this category, the Titans. This is a team that does feel together under Vrabel. This is a team that really feels like they know what they're good at and they're going to do that. And they're going to do it well. Derrick Henry, I think a lot of people were questioning what we're going to necessarily see from him this year because of the offseason to prepare for a guy like this. But it really shows you can't really prepare for a guy like this. He's just dominant. <laughs> you know, like, I fun. love the pictures of him standing next to the other running backs. Yeah, he's massive. <laughs> he's just, he just massive. Huge. Good yeah. Lord. Could you imagine trying to tackle him? No. Be passed passed out. No. Here's my thing: is he never looks like he's running that fast until he gets a breakout and no one can chase chase him down. And then I'm like, oh my god, he's running just as fast as everyone else is, but he's also just 50 pounds heavier than everyone else is. He is an absolute freak. Good for that guy, honestly. Uh, All right, next category: friend zoned. These teams are fun, right? Uh, There's another mini group in this group that might be a little worse but these teams are fine and they're fun to watch and it's enjoyable they can beat anybody at any time and potential playoff teams the dolphins genuinely exciting with fitzpatrick and tua now a little bit more so because this is ultimately what i think you can expect to see from their team for the next x amount of years kids good game one was not good at all game two really showed you what he's got and i was i was a fan of tua going to the dolphins where he did i i was you know He's a guy we saw a lot out of in college. That injury was definitely devastating, but he was going to come back from that. And I think he's going to be a great selection in that slot for them. I think they got a good, a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, you saw the way he ran and the way he escaped the pocket, the way he extended plays, stuff like that. He looked just fine. Yeah. And as sad as everyone was when Fitzmagic got demoted and he put that video out, it was, or whatever, sad. It it was, was sad. really sad. Like, there's no way around it. That was sad. When he was like, I felt like this was my team, blah, blah, blah. That was sad. And then you watch, you know, like the two-minute drill, the two runs against the Cardinals to, you know, tie the game at 31-31, and you're like, oh, yeah, that you makes also know, sense. You know that if the team's not bought in, they're not making that move either, right? It tells you totally. that the team's, the team's cool with this too, right? And you knew the team was cool with it because when Tua got in, before he started, when he got in the last, you know, a couple minutes or the last play or whatever, everyone was so psyched for him. Yeah. So everyone's got to be seeing the same, the same stuff in practice that the coaches are seeing to make the move. And obviously, I mean, he's undefeated when he is as a quarterback in the NFL. When Tua plays – the Dolphins win. Jeez. Just saying. Yeah. Two of plays. I, I was going to, I was going to let that sink in here for all, for all the people who don't follow this as closely as we do that he's played two games. So, well, he's played in three. He's played two games and two minutes. In <laughs> game. So yeah. Hey, uh, undefeated, right. undefeated with two at the helm. Next team, the Cardinals previously mentioned Kyler Murray, who I will say is getting, all the votes for fantasy MVP through 
this many weeks in the season. And I believe I actually heard he has more fantasy points than Lamar did last year. And Lamar set the record for most fantasy points in a season. So, Dang. yeah, he's been special. He hasn't been Cardinals perfect. Are, Cardinals are perfect. good, man. I think, yeah. I think Cardinals might even be up in, you know, out of friend zone for me. And, and wow. maybe even – I'm not going to put him in, like, a crushing or anything like that. But they have some potential for sure. Like, I have not friends on the Cardinals yet. And here's why. Well, uh, Tim, just, just for clarification purposes, you said they might be a group up, but you're not willing to put them in crushing. There, there is one group up that is crushing. Wait, so you're telling me I only have one choice. They're either crushing it or they're friend zone. There's no potential. There's no like in between here. That's, that's your system. We're flawed. in the friend zone. No, 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 no. We're in the friend zone. Like, no, once you're in the friend zone, you don't get out of the friend zone. Everyone knows that. Once you get in the friend zone, you're toast. I think you need to re. I think we need to re. I think we need to rethink these category names this here. Is a, this is a good argument, honestly. Yeah, because everyone knows that once you're friend zoned, it's over. Okay, but hold on, hold on. No, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna back this up a little bit. Do you think the Arizona Cardinals are winning the Super Bowl this year? No. So they're as there. of now. Well, here's the thing. No, no, no. Hear me out. As of now, no. But you don't believe no one. It. No one thought that the nine and seven giants were going to win the super bowl but they did right and i think you would put that as a huge anomaly i don't think you'd put your money on that right you would have had the giants in the front zone i picked, and then they I picked the giants up. to beat the patriots in that super bowl once it was there yeah but not not at five and three on the all season. i'm saying is this team is talented man i watched kyler murray i watched that offense i watched buddha baker on defense they're killing it i think if chandler jones is there obviously he's not season ending injury then this team's competing for a Super Bowl. I watched no, this team. No, no, no. Yes, Too inconsistent. Dude, I, Too inconsistent. I watched this team go snap for snap with the Seahawks and beat them. And like, I totally get the Seahawks or whatever. But the, what that defense did to Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson looked terrible in the second half of that game. He didn't do anything. Russell Wilson is seen as the MVP of the league this year. And that defense well, had him. I mean, he's, he's now in second. Yeah. Okay. Sec now in a second behind your favorite child of all time, but I mean it's not even mine. He's he's the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. Paper. Okay. He's really good, but <laughs> he also okay. I don't. We're not getting into this. <laughs> all I'm saying is I watched the Cardinals defense bewilder Russell Wilson. That team is good, yeah, man. That no, team is good. They're good. I, they're I, talented I, and they're good. Do they beat the Chiefs? Any given team can win on any given Sunday. Right. Would you Would you put that? Gosh, damn it! All right, you're, <laughs> you don't believe that. <laughs> they're, they're not winning the Super Bowl. That's why they're in the friend zone. Anyway, next team, the Panthers. See, Frisky. they do not deserve to be in the same category as the Carolina Panthers. Right, but okay, so I could I could rank this out and just give you one through thirty-two and just have it be in an order. But that's not fun. I put them in relationship groups, Tim. We're we're doing something fun here. <laughs> I could also make seventeen more groups and have them all in mini groups, but. Yeah, whatever. Like I, I think ultimately these these teams in this group are better than the teams in the group below and not as good as the <laughs> group above. So there you go. That's laid out here. The and Panthers. I think that three is bigger than two and less than four. And no that one's telling me different. Exactly what I'm saying. The Panthers <laughs> are a frisky football team. They can beat anybody any given Sunday, Tim. But they're uh, they're not great. They're fine. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think the Panthers are – I mean, obviously, without Christian McCaffrey, they're 
Bleh, they're so so. Have they played? They're above five hundred. Yeah. Have they they've, played? They've got some wins. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to take any team to a Super Bowl, but at that same time, Peyton Manning with half a neck went to a Super Bowl. So who knows? I think another team that is perfect for friend zone and maybe even a little bit lower is the, the Philadelphia Eagles, though. Well, like, it's okay. Yeah. So the reason they're in the friend zone is because they're going to make the playoffs. And then just get bounced week one. Although, you know what? The Eagles are the perfect team. This is a, a classic, classic sports move. Just horrible. Do not belong to be in the same realm as whoever they're going to play in round one. But you know how it goes. They're going to upset somebody in round one because that's just the way it goes. Well, they're going to be what they'll be like, be like the fourth seed and they'll have a home game to yeah. start the playoffs if, they, if yeah. they win their division. So, I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, they're, they're bad. I, I really like Carson Wentz. It's really – I don't know what is going on. He just cannot, for the life of him, let a play go. Like, that's one of the best I, – I don't know what he's not seeing looking around the league. Tom Brady is known as the greatest quarterback of all time. That dude throws balls away a million times a game. Carson, it's okay if you're scrambling, you've just broken six tackles to, you know, call it a play, right? Yeah. Totally. Every time he Every time he does this, he keeps it up. It's – clockwork you see him do it and you're like oh come on man he just lobs it to the back of the end zone throws a pick changes the game like he's so talented he doesn't need to do that if he could just manage the game a little bit better he'd be outstanding you know what they need to do is they almost need to like every time he throws a ball away they need to count it as like 10 completion yards or something like that something for like in-house for him, in-ha- in-ha- in-house stats or give him like a lollipop every time he throws the ball <laughs> like do something to like show this guy the value of throwing the ball away because this is what everyone is saying. Everyone's like, dude, why do you, you're like falling down after, like you said, breaking three tackles and you're trying to fit it into like a one foot window, 30 yards down the field. Like just throw it away. Yeah. Just throw it away. It's concerning. I, I, I want him to succeed, but he's just, he's struggling. He's got to, got to adapt. Uh, next team, another team that needs to adapt the Browns. They have pieces. The OBJ injury out for the season, very unfortunate. No, you are not better without Odo Beckham Jr. That'll never make any sense to me. They have uh, Miles Garrett, who's a top three defender behind Aaron Donald right now. I just, they're not going to win a lot of games. Baker's just been, eh. It, which, another guy, very personable, love his commercials. Been eh. Yeah. I Unfortunately for Baker Mayfield, and I guess, unfortunately for Browns fans, those commercials have been the best part of Baker's career so far. And well, uh, I mean, what? When was he? That, like, that first season? First season, he burst on the on the scene. He was, that was okay. exciting. Yeah, but that that dude, that was the pen- okay. Look, I understand you weren't actually saying this is the best part of his career, but that was that first season. He was legitimately exciting. People had you know a what? lot of excitement for him. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go on a limb. They are the best part of his career. Here's my reason why. Those commercials are fantastic. They're very good. They're, they're really good. Honestly, you know? honestly, the crowd that keeps saying, stop giving Baker commercials, you're salty as hell. Why? They're entertaining. They're funny. He's a good actor. Totally. He, he's, he could be the worst football player on the, planner. I don't, on the planet. I don't care. He's great at commercials. Get off yeah. his back. You know what I need? Are you pissed this, off about it? Totally. Yeah, I'm all for it. Here's my thing. This is going to be the greatest full circle of all time. Browns are going to sign Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is going to get the starting job back from Baker Mayfield. Take the Browns to the playoffs. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's good. What year? Where are we? All right, I'm not even going to dignify that. Next team, the Lions. <laughs> the Lions 
I like Matt Stafford. I wish I like Matt Stafford. I wish they were winning games. Uh, they're not. And shout out to my boy Tyrell Crosby. He's he's the man. Great human being. Have the Lions been relevant ever? They're always relevant. They're always right there, and then it just. The, well, the, I feel the, like they're the, always just slightly below mediocre. Or exactly. well, like, right there. Yeah, they are like the like the the Mendoza line in baseball is the Detroit Lions. Is it worse to be a team that has slight hope every year or no hope? I don't think the Lions have hope every year. What hope did the Lions have this year? Right. Is it better to be that or no? Lions, next. Colts. <laughs> Colts. And you, some people could argue the Colts should be a group hire. And you know what I say to those people? Phillip Rivers is the quarterback, so I don't give a damn. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Phillip Rivers is going to throw 30 picks, and that's it. You have this incredible bias against Phil Rivers. It's you not a bias. Him. It's no, no, no. I, I don't hate Phil Rivers. I, I hope he has a wonderful life. I hope he has a great time with his thirty-seven children. I, I <laughs> there it is, right there. But, there it is, right there. No, I look, man. I don't. When people ask what my football team is, I say Chargers or the Rams. I grew up in LA, didn't have a football team, but I went to a Chargers game when I was younger because they were the closest team. So I, I watched the Chargers when I was younger and. You know what I didn't enjoy watching was 10 trillion interceptions from a sidearm, broken arm, release It's planet. not even a sidearm. It's like a half shot put. Half, it's I don't get how it works. Dead duck. I don't know. But all I know is every year, this, and this, this is my thing. Every year before the season starts, everybody, all the analysts, everybody says, oh, they got Phillip Rivers. This is a good chance to take this team deep in the playoffs. They got a shot every year. And it's, you know what happened? They'd go eight and eight. Make the first <laughs> round, get bounced. There you go. Right? Like, uh, it's not as much against Philip Rivers as it is against everybody who, for some reason, doesn't see what is actually happening it here. It's like it's pretty against <laughs> Philip Rivers. No, my guy is—he is what he is, and for some reason, people don't see it. He, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. I don't know why this was. Colts fans, like, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen this year. Uh, Chargers fans, for all those years, it was never going to happen, right? Like every year, we knew this is every year. I turn on the TV, Philip Rivers, Chargers got a shot this year. No, they don't. Hey, Nate. Do you remember when the Chargers were done with Drew Brees because they had Phillip Rivers? Yeah, awesome. Anyway. And and, and now Drew Brees is still Drew Brees and Phil yeah. Rivers is still Phil Rivers. Yeah, well, look, we'll, we'll get to the Chargers because uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not up yet. Uh, Raiders, another team that can beat anybody. I mean, they beat the Chiefs. There's the one team that beat my Kansas City Chiefs, but inconsistent. Derek Carr has actually been very good this year. I have to give it to him. He's been very good. Yep. John Gruden's probably pissed that Derek Carr has been so good, but he's been good. Um, I don't know. I mean, John Gruden has a 10-year deal. I think that there's nothing that can make that guy. None. But he's fine. My, what I'm alluding to there is John Gruden has an incessant need to be looking at the next quarterback. He does not like to stick around with quarterbacks for very long. He's constantly looking for the next guy. So I think he was he – was, Getting ready to move off Derek Carr, and now this guy's actually playing well, so he's a little confused mentally what's going to happen here. Uh, yeah, that's true. Next team, Bears. Man, I, I think everybody has, has said enough about these guys. They had the 29th-ranked offense going into their week eight, and part of that was the Trubisky era, but it's not really gotten better with Nick Foles, and I think it's hilarious that people have been calling for bringing Trubisky back. I mean, that's how you know it's it's that much of a struggle, as if we're pretending that the Trubisky stuff wasn't just horrendous a couple weeks ago you know it's bad yeah (laughs) you're calling for Mitchell Trubisky yeah and here's here's the thing with Nick Foles I see him kind of like trick-or-treating right you're going to get candy 
when you go up to a house. So no matter what, you're walking out with something okay. Like you just whatever, right? Like you, you, it's, you could get a Snickers or you could get some crap, pure sugar based thing, eh, whatever, right? Or if some weirdos giving out apples, like those are always kind of creepy houses. Or like you go kids. to like, there's always that house in our neighborhood that was like the dentist and they gave out like yeah, toothbrushes exactly. there you go. and you're like, right. seriously, man, like, come so, on. Right. So you're getting something, but there's just a huge variance between a toothbrush and the Snickers, right? I mean, he'll give you, knows how he'll give you the Snickers. Yeah. He'll give you the Snickers, right? He'll, he'll win you that Super Bowl and he'll be awesome. And then he'll give you the, is this the same guy that just played last week and we just, that's that's not a winning formula yeah we talked we've talked about this before i'm firmly in the camp that super bowl win was a huge fluke and he got so lucky his three touchdown passes i think oh, but he, the wrong decision like he threw like double coverage deep i mean it's just like double coverage deep ball to a running back like hey man sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do it worked he made yeah. the right pass it doesn't look it sometimes it's better to be lucky than it is to be good yeah, and that's what I'm saying is he's just – he was extremely lucky and has made some solid cash off of being extremely lucky. I, I followed I, this guy his whole career, even when he was at Arizona because he was in the Pac-12. And at Arizona, obviously, he's stud. But he has been so average in the NFL. Yeah. Well, that, So average. Here's my only thing I will say about that. I don't like the calling thing as lucky because – sometimes it was that's lucky. just part of sports no but see like dude you could say it was totally lucky okay so then is just because there's like a 15 percent catch probability does that make the catch lucky no some right. fact no that's not that's not what makes it lucky but that's not the right you're not asking the right question on his three touchdown passes he had two other options on both of those things that on both of those plays that were much higher percentage ones that right, he right, should right. have thrown to. No, no, no. Right. But see, and the fact that his worked out despite that is lucky. Right. But see, I don't, I don't see that as lucky. I see that as him gambling, he gambled and he, it, it paid off. Right. It, like what if you're interesting with gambling, luck is pretty involved in gambling, huh? Right. But you have to play the right cards. <laughs> you have to get dealt the right cards. Well, sometimes, you know, look, man, he has to, he has to make the move. He could have, he, he could fold. He could play, play it safe, go short. He, he went for it all. He put it all in. There you go. He hit the all jackpot. Right. Okay. He all made right. the right choice to get it there. All right. Next group. It's not you. It's me. These teams are not good, but you know, some of them can beat you. The Bengals, Joe Burrow is good. And I, I, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this group. You know, we're, we're starting to get into the weeds here. Joe Burrow, great quarterback. He's been on his ass every week, not, yep. not getting enough blocking, but he's great. And, you know, the only difference between, you know, him and Tua right now is the, the Dolphins are a good team that are winning and Joe Burrow is on a bad team that's not. So they're in a lower group. Yep. Broncos, a lot of injuries, not a big believer. They're not doing anything. Patriots, yeah. unfortunate, this team, you know, I really was happy with Cam Newton and I was rooting for him hard. He was better last week against a bad team, but not, not, not the same as he was the first couple of weeks, even – it's it's been a it's been a little bit of a letdown recently. I'm hoping he can figure it out, which is weird. Rooting for the Patriots to be successful. Did you see that video of Cam Newton trying to buy that guy's seat on the plane? Yeah, incredible. The fact that that guy turned him down. I don't think that's me. new. That's not new. I don't think so. All right. Well, then apparently that's could be my, wrong. Doesn't matter. Hey, I, man. Either way, it's a good video. Next team, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> This is this is a team that uh, that maybe could could use some some buying of some tickets because 
they cannot catch a break. Yeah, that's Keep losing close games. Not a, not a horrible team. There's a lot that's going to be changing with that team pretty soon here, I think, but not great. Texans, uh, they already underwent some change. They have now been in a weird PR-type scandal recently after firing their PR director that a lot of people yep. really liked, apparently. That's the biggest news coming out of the Texans. Deshaun Watson, great. Wonderful, wonderful for quarterback. Deshaun Watson. That dude, yep. Yeah, super sad. Have to just lose DeAndre Hopkins yeah. to get David Johnson back? Like You got to be like, yeah. really? Come on. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy, too. Ro- rooting for Deshaun Watson. Next team, Kirk Cousins. Not super rooting for him. Um, <laughs> don't, don't love his take on masks and, you know, just life. If he dies, but, he dies. Yeah, not, not a huge Kirk Cousins guy. Have fun in this group. Not great. Uh, Dalvin Cook, though, outstanding. Yeah, he's really good at football. Speaking of outstanding, Chargers, Justin Herbert. Not the Chargers. Chargers not outstanding. They've somehow managed to blow every single game in every Chargers way imaginable. But Justin <laughs> Herbert, very good at football. You ready for this? Chargers have are they're one and six, okay? Since the start of the twenty nineteen season, the Chargers are three and fifteen in one score games. Here's the six games they've lost. They've lost by a total of twenty four points. Lost to Oakland by five. Lost to Denver by one. Lost to New Orleans by three. Lost to Tampa Bay by seven. Carolina by five. And KC by three. Yeah. They've lost a combined – or six games by a combined 24 points. That is less points than the Bucks lost to the Saints in one game. That's insane yeah. to me. And a lot of them have been end of, end of play, end of game plays too, which is just heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. Just the Chargers so- way. Phil Rivers ghost hanging over them. Uh, next, <laughs> the Niners. Uh, the Niners, you know, honestly, I was pretty impressed by the way they were able to bounce back after a lot of those injuries, but they're just too injured, and uh, their season's over, unfortunately, for them. They, they have a very talented team, but uh, it's just never going to happen. Next, final group. Let's get this one over quick. We do not need to spend a second talking about these teams. This is the uh, Tank for Trevor group right here. Mm-hmm. Jaguars. Giants, Washington football team, the Cowboys, who are just – honestly, it's pretty entertaining to watch them play on a regular it basis. Is. It is. And the Jets. Uh, I hope I hope my boy Sammy Darnold ends up in a better place, way far out of that system so he can thrive as far away from Adam Gase and the New York Jets as possible. And that, my friends, is relationship building. Despite Tim's questioning of the groups, that is how we stand. Just saying, once you're in the friend zone, you can't get back out of the friend zone. Well, guess what? They're not. So, <laughs> next, let's let's play. There's this is oof. next. Let's play some games here with the NBA. Got to talk free agency trades really quick before we get into our guests because this is one of the most fun times of the NBA offseason, and I am so here for it. I've actually started to get really into the draft board and a lot of people are saying this is a boring draft, but that's what makes it exciting for me this year is you don't know where anybody's going and there's so many moving pieces. So I want to get a couple of your thoughts on some of these yep. uh, just real quick uh, rapid fire. We're going to do with it. We're going to do this as intrigued or fatigued. And my first one here, this was some shocking news the other night, Chris Paul to the Suns, intrigued or fatigued. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah. This is uh, for both sides. This could be good. Get the OKC, you know, get their young guys more time with the ball, you know, get Rubio back potentially there, get some, get some draft picks. Like that could be great. What about you? You intrigued or you fatigued by this? I was confused by it at first, but yeah, I think I'm pretty intrigued. And I, I have heard from a couple of different sources that 
Uh, and by a couple different sources, I mean people in the media who have sourced those from other sources because uh, I have not done the investigative journalism on that front yet. So, <laughs> but, but I have heard that it's the worst kept secret in the league that Devin Booker wants out of Phoenix. So maybe this is a good way to convince him, hey, we're willing to try. After that ownership, that ownership group has struggled so, for so long to really put something tangible in front of the players, this might be that move. Uh, next one, another seasoned veteran here. Yeah, two guys on the table. Let's throw them both together. DeMar DeRozan and or Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers? Intrigued or fatigued? I'm fatigued by this. Uh, I see no reason why the Lakers would sign DeMar DeRozan. You want like another guy clogging up the lane, shooting mid-range jump shots? Like, how's that? Like, how's that gonna work? They already, they need. That's now they need. They need three-point shooting, and they need three-point shooting bad. And Demar Derozan is not gonna offer that. Dennis yep. Schroeder, maybe a little spark off the bench, but I'm not, I'm not buying it. The only reason I would maybe think that this is not the worst thing in the world, the Derozan thing, is he's a he's a scorer. He's gonna get you some buckets. He's not going to shoot the three, but I think the Lakers have shown they're not really all that interested in that. I think they've very much uh, just taken this one in as a, we're going to build around Anthony Davis and LeBron. And yeah, I think I would ideally like some three-point shooters, but if you can get another guy that can score, sure, whatever. I mean, let's also think about who they'd be giving up for this to happen. It'd be Kuzma. I mean, is Kuzma better than DeMar DeRozan? for us you know like how much better is he right it's it, it's yeah. you know what i mean it's not like you're getting a th- you're keeping a three-point shooter on that front i mean we'd also have to be getting rid of danny green but we also what happened to danny green last year i hope he's successful I mean, wherever he goes but we're also getting avery bradley back which yeah, is helpful yeah, yeah. so yeah I, I think i think those are both interesting pieces i would like the lakers to pick up a scorer ideally somebody that can shoot threes but i just i want a winner and i guess demar DeRozan at least he hasn't won, but he he's a guy that can win. I don't know. How I, I, excited would DeMar DeRozan to actually be on LeBron James's team in the playoffs instead of having to lose to him in the playoffs every year? DeMar is, DeMar is hearing that rumor and packing his backs. So I can't believe it happened. <laughs> happen. uh, next one. This is this is the weirdest one that I think I've, I've seen. It's the Houston Rockets just completely falling apart. And yeah, I think you probably, yeah, we probably should have seen this coming from a mile away, right? I mean, we had the GM voluntarily step down. The head coach say, uh, I'm good on head coaching. I'm going to go take an assistant job here because I want to get that yeah. far away from what? this organization. Um, For a former player. Like. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that, that right there tells you this, this is not a good, not a good spot for, for teams to be, to, for players to be. Russell Westbrook has been apparently already come out and said that he is interested in leaving, which sparked a hilarious reaction to the Rockets wishing him happy birthday today. That was uh, a very unfortunate timing. Um, they got roasted. Where do you, are you intrigued or fatigued by any of these teams? The Hornets who have emerged, the Knicks who have showed interest and the Clippers. I mean, if I'm the Clippers, I don't touch it with the 10 foot pole. I, I mean, the Knicks have nothing to lose, I guess, besides draft spots. If right, I draft but- Russell Westbrook. So I don't know. I, I, here's my thing is what are these teams trying to like do? I don't know. I just, I don't see, I, let me, let me back it up. I am firmly in the camp that I don't think Russell Westbrook is that great. I think his numbers are inflated. 
I think he struggles every single year in the playoffs. And I don't really see him being a big asset. You know, what I do see as being very problematic is him saying that he still wants to be the floor general, still wants the ball all the time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. While he's aging and clearly not as good as he used to be. Well, last year for that streak, he was better than he had an incredible streak of like what 30 games or something yeah but he also was really bad before that streak so it all averaged out new team yeah new team comes in on a new team starts turning it on gets coronavirus comes back in a bubble it's you know there's the reason that as a team that you'd be interested in that is that 30 game sample you still do see it and this is a classic conundrum for me i could see a team bringing him in and saying hey man show these guys how to win. Michael Jordan brings in Russell Westbrook to the Hornets and says, show these young guys how to win. But then you probably have to get rid of some of those young guys to get Russell Westbrook. So then who are you showing to win? You know, that the Hornets weird. Like what, what are the Hornets winning right now? I find that interesting that Michael Jordan has to bring in someone else to show them how to win. Shouldn't Michael happen, Jordan though. just be like, all right, I'm going to win. Or show these guys how they win. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I just, I'm fatigued by anything Russell Westbrook. All right. I, I get it. I like Russell Westbrook. I, I've always been a defender of his. I think he's incredible to watch, but totally inefficient. I, I, I get that for sure. Yep. Okay. So let's get to another uh, Houston Rocket. James Harden. Intriguing stuff going around here because they have both, he and Russ have both apparently expressed some concern, but Russ says he, or uh, excuse me, Harden says he's committed to the Rockets. What do we think about Harden to the Sixers as a trade? Intrigued or fatigued? Well, I mean, they're going to have to give up something to get him. So who do you give up? Like, do you give up a Ben Simmons? Like, what are that? I mean, it's Embiid or Simmons. Yeah, and so I mean, that I mean, I'm intrigued. That would be fun to see. It'd be great to see a change of scenery for him. I, I feel like, well, it'd be a change writing, of scenery back to Daryl Morey. To be fair, well. I mean, still a change of scenery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. Here's my thing. His, is there, I feel like he has given it everything he's got in the West in the last five years, right? Six years. Like, he's literally laid it all on the line. They've put together all these crazy teams. And now that LeBron James is in the West and the Warriors are back and the West is so – I just kind of like – if I'm James Harden, I'm like, all right. Maybe my path to the finals is not through the West. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing. This is I've got a lot of Philly people in my life now at this point. It's interesting to hear a lot of them, their favorite player is Joel Embiid. When I bring up the potential Joel Embiid for James Harden trade, they're saying, hey, nice to know you, Joel. Welcome to the Sixers, James. I'm shocked. They are willing to completely kick the tires on Joel Embiid for James well, Harden. I mean, that makes sense because – I mean, Philly fans are smart there, right? They understand that Joel Embiid, when he's on, is a top five player in the NBA. Yeah. That is when he's on. They also know that James Harden is always a – maybe not always. He has his off nights, obviously, like everyone. But James Harden is much more consistently a top five player in the NBA. Anyone, anyone who's smart would take Harden over Embiid any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is you'd be trading for an older player – I, I agree. I think it'd be an intriguing move for sure. The the thing he's got to weigh, you're trading for an older player. I do see his game translating well because it's all shooting. 
Um, although he does take some hard hits and gets fouled a lot. You're also trading for a guy that if you want to win playoffs, what evidence do you have that James Harden can do that? I mean, you just talked about how bad Russ has been in the playoffs. James Harden has been abysmal. Yeah. But I mean, if we're talking just about like purely durability with age, like, I mean, Embiid has been, Beat he's had yeah. so many injuries. Yeah. His knees are toast. He weighs yeah. whatever, how much ever he weighs. He's somehow stuff. never been in shape. Yeah. Yeah. Like you look, I mean, you look at him compared to like his Kansas days. Yeah. And you're like, that is, he put on like 80 pounds. I mean, okay, maybe yeah. not 80. That might be an exaggeration. I have no idea how many pounds exactly put on. However, you get the point. Yeah. Durability wise might be similar to Harden. Uh, yeah there's there's arguments to be made on either side i think it's interesting i'd, I'd love to see it um let's get into the last big one here drew holiday appears to be pretty clearly on the move hearing the hawks and the celtics as some big pickups what do you see are you intrigued or fatigued i mean here's my thing is i just don't know like obviously drew holiday is really really good mm-hmm. he's an exceptional defender efficient score love drew holiday love his game does like the celtics already have great guard and wing play though like that's not necessarily their weakness so does that really help them out from the hawks yeah. perspective i mean yes the hawks could potentially try to make that work because but that does that actually help them they need i mean maybe that's uh, so- a fun backcourt I, I think it's actually worse for the Hawks. I see it making like at least slightly more sense for the Celtics because he's just another good player. I mean, I, they'd have to get rid of somebody in that group to make it happen. Well, actually, no, they'd be packaging picks, so they they can make this. They can make that happen for sure. The Celtics would have to package their three picks, move up, and then flip whatever they get to New Orleans. That would be. They, would they might have to put in a Gordon Hayward in there just to well, but, make money, just to make money work. Yeah. I mean, I think they'd be totally down for that too. That's the thing. Yeah. They're, they're already, that, that would totally, that's why I think it makes sense for the Celtics. You're just getting another guy that can play defense and is, is a good scoring option. The reason it doesn't make any sense for the Hawks for me is because I, the Hawks have been mandated by ownership to make the playoffs this year, apparently. And what does I that even that, mean? Yeah. I, I think that is so absurdly irrational from an ownership standpoint. They want to make the playoffs this year. That is, Apparently they've put their GM on notice. You need to make the playoffs this year. Why? I have no idea because how, how do you think that you're close to doing anything with that team? And you know what? Great. Go ahead and make the first round of the playoffs and get bounced immediately. Go ahead. You can really fight that hard for that if you want and mortgage your future, but you're not close. They have a good core to build around, but the Hawks aren't close. So to trade your potential future for a win now, kind of win now move that doesn't make any sense for me but that's yeah. apparently the the situation that they're operating in which is yeah great. the only argument you could make is that the hawks have had like their future in mind for however many years now right yeah but and you know since like the jeff like not jeff t i said you was there but like the al horford you know yeah era but- what do you what do you get from I, I don't subscribe to this uh, philosophy I agree. that I totally agree. Yeah, I don't subscribe to that. Make the playoffs because it makes your young guys learn how to get to a big situation type thing. Like you, what, so those extra three games really taught them. What, the one know? thing it does potentially do is you have the Brooklyn Nets example where they were like an okay team, made the playoffs, and made it so they were a more desirable location for superstars to go to. I think they'd are well, first of all, 
first of all, the reason that they, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the Knicks and the, and the Nets situation, but yes. they're in New York. The Knicks, the Knicks handed that to them. The, everything I I've heard, I, I love the Nets organization, and I think that they've done an incredible job, and they did it perfectly. But everything I've heard is Kyrie, KD were going to New York. The Knicks were in absolute shambles. That's not an option. The Nets are in slightly less purgatory. There's your answer. So uh, you're running a risk. And also, is is Atlanta maybe that team that's free agency? Maybe I don't know. We haven't seen it in years. So I don't know. I think I just I don't think it makes sense for them to just mortgage their future for a eight seed. Uh, yep. Have, have fun with that. I hear you. I agree. All right. Let's let's move on to our next category then. And before we get into our interview, kick things off with our Jordan Club Buckner Club. Tim, who is your Jordan Club? inductee my jordan club for this week is the masters we're back it is back it is incredible it's supposed to happen in april but we're having the masters in november which is fantastic i actually forgot the masters was happening until like 10 a.m this morning thankfully because there was a huge rain delay so i pushed delay. back and i didn't miss anything which is awesome tiger yep. having a great first round today going four under it just it feels right it just feels good masters yep. is back I'm, I've never been deeply into golf, but there's something very nice, relaxing, fun to follow, and intrigued by Bryson DeChambeau. I like, I like he, this guy. He was interesting Weirdo. today. Did you watch any of it today? He was, it was very interesting. He, I think he ended the day like one under or two under, whatever it was, but did not have like the dominant big swings, everything like that. He kind of like had to really work for where he finished, yeah. and the fact that he is not completely out of it is... I think kind of lucky on his part, but I'm very intriguing. Yes. I'm intrigued by him. That is, that is the extent to which I'm willing to say I know a ton about him. I've seen his, his studying and the way he analyzes his swing. And I I have a lot of respect for that. So yeah, he's an interesting figure for me. My Jordan club inductee. And this one is special to me because I really do have a strong feeling for this guy, despite not knowing him even in the slightest. The closest connection we have is he replied to me on Twitter one time with a very nice message. So he's a great guy. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer has entered into, I'm not going to say he's Sham's Woj territory yet, but I have not seen this many trade rumors come from anybody in a long, long time. This is, this is trade rumor central. Everything that's being broken right now from the who could go where comes straight out of Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer great guy you know he just he seems like such a genuine nice person from everything i've listened to about him he really takes the time to go out and interact with people and learn and give some genuine person uh, opinions and i gotta hand it to kevin o'connor the hard work's paying off because he's breaking all the stories right now koc congratulations my man jordan club is there anyone who doesn't like koc I i don't know how you couldn't I feel like everyone likes koc like he the guy's never heard of fly like he's just he's fantastic okay i think Everyone's rooting for you, KOC, if you're listening. We're rooting for you here at the Pop Network. There's a spot for you if you want to come over. Just let us know. <laughs> what, a, what a guy. One can what dream. Uh, all right, Tim. Opposite end of the spectrum. And then, again, maybe we need to switch these around before we <laughs> keep ending on negative things here. But uh, Buckner Club, who do you got? My Buckner Club for the week is the one and only Victor Oladipo. Great choice. And everything coming about about him asking other teams if he can come play with them in front of his teammates. Yeah. Like, what a scumbag move. Yeah. And one of those teams was the New York Knicks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? If I 
if I were a veteran on that Pacers team in the locker room, because I wouldn't do it to the press, I would go and punch him in the throat and be like, <laughs> you are such a cancer. Like, yeah. I would be so frustrated if I was like bought into that organization. And maybe it goes to show why Nick McMillan got fired, even though they didn't play like, because no one apparently, obviously some players are mad about it, but no one did anything about it. So I, I just don't, I would be so mad if that yeah. happened. Yeah. I, see, I picked the Rockets here for all the reasons we previously discussed. They are just in shambles right now. Yeah. And apparently PJ Tucker isn't happy with, his role in the team, which, I mean, I get it. My man is 6'5", guarding centers. Like, yeah, probably pretty tough role. He probably want to make some more money, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Oladipo, man, that's the, that's a bad, bad look. And the thing is, he's going to get picked up somewhere, right? It's This is one of the big struggles. I'm all for the player empowerment era. It's tricky, though, because he can be a total scumbag about this, and somebody's going to pick him up, and maybe it works out for him, right? You know, it might affect him, but there's it's tough differentiating between guys doing things in earnest and trying to really force their way out and maybe being, you know, Kawhi can't say he handled it perfectly, but it's not like he came out and did weird stuff like this. You know, there, I think there's a yeah. different different spectrum of, of these things and it's going to end up working out for him probably because he'll end up somewhere. Yeah. Unless they send him to purgatory. Like, yeah, which was not going to happen. The dude's too talented for that to happen, but. And every every time anyone any player like forces their way out of a situation, everyone says like, "Oh, they did it wrong. They were disrespectful. They were bad." Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Right? Everyone was mad at Anthony Davis for the way he did it. Mad at Kawhi for the way. Like no right. one. Like there's no perfect way to do this. However, there is a way to do it that isn't incredibly disrespectful to your teammates. Agreed. Hundred percent. And that's this. And that's this. Exactly. I think if I were in this situation, I would have conversations with my teammates be like, Hey, look, like love you guys. We'll play for you guys every night, like for you guys. But this organization has not been good to me for whatever reason. And I see myself needing a different situation. Yeah. That's the conversation you have with them. I think anyone who hears that goes, okay, cool. I'm in for that. I'm just, I'm going to support you. Like, thank you for supporting up. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Move on. But just like ugh, doing it the way he did not happy no it's not it's not a good look it's really not but once again ending on the downside we really need to flip this order around because we have a great conversation with patrick cromwell of narp a super interesting story if you're interested in international travel he's also got some amazing stories really connected with this guy really happy we were able to make this conversation happen check this out let's get right into it all right joining us right now we have patrick cromwell of NARP Clothing. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Yo, what's up, guys? How we doing? Very, very glad we finally were able to make this work. We had to reschedule a couple times, but uh, super interested to hear about what you guys are doing over at NARP, and maybe that's the best way to just kick it off. Talk to us about what it is you're doing, a little bit about you, your background, and why we think it's worth having you on, because this is a pretty cool thing you guys got going. Yeah, um, I'll give a, a quick little summary on what NARP is. Um, Basically, it was started by me and my former teammate and my buddy, KJ Bryant. And what it is, is it's a marketplace that allows former student athletes um, to sell their team-issued player-owned gear. So all that gear that you accumulated in your, as your time as a, as a student athlete, um, we've opened up this marketplace and given you the ability to open up a locker, list whatever items you want to sell, whatever price you want to put it at. 
um, and make some well-earned money. That's our thing. We're, we're not allowed to sell our gear or profit off of our name, image, or likeness right. while we are student athletes. So now we're all former student athletes um, and you have the ability to make a little money um, off some gear that frankly is probably just sitting around in your house and in a closet. That's what I had. I had a, yeah. a basket full of gear that just, you know, was sitting under my bed. Um, so yeah, that's what we got going over at, at NARP Clothing. Uh, we launched in April, so it's still pretty new, but the feedback that we have received from the athletes and customers has been out of control. So we feel yeah. like we're on some pretty, so on something pretty special. Um, and we're, we're excited to see where it takes us. Yeah, no, I mean, browsing through the website, you guys definitely have something there for sure. And I think it's pretty funny seeing some of the, some of the names on there. Having gone to Georgetown myself, I saw Isaac Copeland. He's selling all of his Georgetown, Georgetown stuff. He transferred. It's funny seeing all that up there. And Tom mm-hmm. Welsh, I went to high school with him. Great guy. He's got a bunch of gear on there. Like he's oh, got some cool names. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I should have mentioned with Loyola. Yeah, Tommy Welsh. Big T. He's, uh, he's playing in Belgium right now. Yeah. So especially um, in Belgium. So I actually have all of his stuff with me. Um, ah. he, he handed it over to me. He's like, I'm trusting you to take care of all my gear. So. I'm, I'm in possession of all of his stuff right now. He actually set a sale like an hour ago. Oh, look at that. Valuable guy. That's exactly. awesome. So, okay. So how do you get in touch with all these guys? Do they reach out to you? Do they, like, have they heard of you or how does this happen? So when it all started, this, since it was brand new, we were the first, first ones to the market. Um, we couldn't just, you know, hit up these random kids like, Hey, I know you've never heard of this concept before, but yeah. you should trust us to sell your gear. So it was really our circle of friends. Um, teammates, former teammates um, that we started with. We started with a couple Clemson football players that we knew just because if this was going to work, we really needed to make sure it was going to work. And if we can't sell Clemson football in right. the year 2020, like we, right. we can't sell anything. So we're like, all right, we'll get some Clemson football guys on board. Their lockers like sold out within a few days. We're like, all right, like now we know we're on to something. We don't just think we're on to something. Right. So we started reaching out to the guys we had grew up with, played summer ball with, or played um, college ball with. And that's how it started to grow. And then those guys would have a successful locker where their stuff would sell out. And then they'd go tell their friends, hey, man, I just made 400 bucks. Like, so yeah. like, you're on this website, you got to hop on. Um, so that's how it started to grow from the jump. And then we would also reach out to athletes via like Instagram DM, just because that's the only way to really go about it. Right. Um, so we would just hit a few people on, on Instagram. And if they responded, we're like, Hey man, like let's make some money. Yeah. Super smart. I know I personally have like way too many Georgetown baseball shirts. And a part of me is like, I, I can't wear all of these because it's time for me to grow up. Like <laughs> this yeah. can't be the only thing I go to the gym with. Right. Like <laughs> never, no, never close the yearbook, man. I'm not, I'm not even going to hard press you on opening up a locker. Never close the yearbook. <laughs> Says the guy, Richie, who has like 75 soccer jerseys and everything. Like what are you talking about? Grow up. All right. Grow up with my own gear. That's, that's what I'm getting at. But no, I'm, I'm, how do you guys go about setting the price for some of the stuff? Because I would imagine it's different for something that's like, a practice worn jersey versus a Tom Welsh UCLA in-game worn jersey. Yeah, so the the really interesting thing about what we're doing is we're the first people to really start doing it. So right. essentially, we have the ability to set the prices. Um, so with some of these like game worn football jerseys, we would do a little research on eBay or through like some Facebook groups and kind of see 
what these jerseys are going for. Right. Um, and then we would just say, you know what? Like, how many times can you buy a Peach Bowl jersey directly from the player? Right. Not often. Like, let's try to get 800 bucks. Let's try to get 900 bucks for this thing. Yeah. Um, and it worked. And we were like, all right, let's, <laughs> you know, let's try it with another jersey. So I would like to say that there's an algorithm behind it, but it's not, right. there's not really one. <laughs> we're just yeah. thinking, like, all right, Peach Bowl jersey is going to be worth more than a Zaxby's bowl jersey right, or yeah. something like that maybe not by a lot but depending on what type of game it was used in um and also what fan base plays a big factor as well right a lot of these southern schools the fans are fanatical um so they're willing to pay a little bit more but when it comes to you know t-shirts hoodie shorts um that stuff's pretty generic we, we do have to compete with the nike prices even though what we're selling is extremely unique and it's team issued some people at the end of the day are like, Hey, it's just a Nike shirt. Um, but we don't think, we don't think of it that way. Um, we know that the athlete worked pretty hard to get this and you can't buy this at a store. So right. it will be worth a little bit more than a regular Nike shirt just because of uh, how unique the item is. Yeah, definitely. So did you, would you say like a bunch of your customer base or like your, your, I don't want to say like clients, but most of your people are kind of in the South area or are they all spread out throughout the country? Obviously you have schools all around the country. Like I saw, I went to UW, so I saw like my Washington Huskies up there with Andre Bocelli, stuff like that. But like, where's like your, most of your client base? So when we started off, because we started um, with Clemson football, yeah. that was our main following. And that's who, you know, who follows me on social media is Clemson fans and stuff yeah. like that. So from the get go, it was all Clemson. People were emailing us, more Clemson, more Clemson. And we're like, all right, <laughs> you know, we want to we wanna open this up to everyone. We don't want to just be a Clemson um, marketplace. Yeah. But as we slowly started getting more athletes on board, like Miles Rice, he was one of our first athletes on board from University of Washington. So as yeah. soon as we released his locker and we targeted some of the Washington fans in the Seattle and surrounding areas, we had a pocket of customers from the Seattle area that wouldn't only shop from Miles Locker, but yeah. they would shop from Eric Gilgenbach's Locker from Notre Dame, just because they would go onto the website and see what we have. Like, this is pretty cool. I might not be the biggest Notre Dame fan around, but this is pretty cool Under Armour t-shirt says Notre Dame baseball on it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like how it started. We still have a lot of fans or customers um, from the South, just because a lot of the schools we do have are Southern schools, but yeah. I mean, we're Washington to Florida, UCLA, all the way up to Wisconsin. Um, we got schools from all over the country. So do you see it as more of like uh, big names that are going to be drawing a lot of the attention here? Or is it like the gear itself that is pulling the, the new people in? We see this being a marketplace where every single student athlete, Division One, Two, Three, NAIA, can come sell their gear. Um, the unfortunate fact of the matter is some of these fan bases um, for these smaller schools just aren't as big. So it's going to yeah. be a little bit tougher to sell them. Um, and it's not a knock on the athlete at all. It's just the, the way the cookie crumbles. Right. Um, as of right now, we have been fortunate enough just to get a lot of big name schools um, to sell on the platform. And that's just because their alumni network is so much larger. Um, right. It's more people for us to kind of find um, as customers, but you know, a year from now, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Division One, Two, Three NAI on the website um, and having them see some sales as well with some successful lockers. 
but as of right now, just because we're starting, um, we have kind of put more of an emphasis on the larger schools. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense for sure. There's also a charitable aspect to NARP, right? Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Megan Whittle, she played lacrosse in Maryland, and she is a stud. She's like one of the best women's lacrosse players of all time. And she reached out to us and said, hey, I have all this Maryland gear that I don't really want. And, you know, I saw your platform. I'd love to sell it. However, I would like to donate all my proceeds to charity. So we were like, yeah, like 100%. We'd love to help you out with that. Um, so she raised over $1,000 for Black Lives Matter, which was awesome. Um, yeah. And that was in June. So when everything was going on, um, all the protests and marches. So to see her locker not only do extremely well, but to have all that money go to a charitable cause, that was awesome. And, you know, we've had um, Alex Martins from Kentucky Softball open up a locker and her proceeds have gone to charity as well. Um, and then Malcolm Mitchell, Super Bowl winner from University of Georgia, um, played on the Patriots. All of his proceeds went to his own fund. Um, so that was awesome. So those are our three lockers we have going to charity. But when you open up a locker, you have full control. You can donate proceeds to charity if you want, or you can um, keep the money for yourself. Uh, I mean, that's that's incredible. And that's actually, that's not chump change either, right? Like that's actionable change that's being made. And it's cool again that you have those big names that are that are helping out with that. I'm assuming it's then some type of like a revenue share with you guys and the athletes to then make it profitable for both sides. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for, for the for the charity based auctions, we just give all um, proceeds to the charity. We don't even take a cut. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Look at that. Um, I feel like that would be like a really cool way for you know some of the bigger name you know men and women who don't necessarily need. $500 or $1,000, whatever it is, but could be a really cool way to kind of, you know, get engaged with a community, whatever it might be yeah. and donate to charity. So that's really cool. That's an awesome, awesome aspect to it. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully in the near future, we can have some um, bigger name professional athletes putting stuff up for charity. Um, just cause like you said, it's, it's a pretty cool thing for them to do. They might not be needing the money. Yeah. Um, like some of the other athletes that could use a, a few yeah. hundred bucks, um, but for them to donate something to charity and, you know, we could do an auction for it or a raffle or something fun. Um, yeah. yeah, hopefully we can get some something like that going with some big name athletes soon. So given the NCAA restrictions and on, you know, name, image, likeness rights, historically, your audiences, at least your sellers have mostly been post-grad athletes, right? Is there any thought to maybe with some of that stuff changing? Is there any possibility? I don't know the, the details of this stuff, but like, is there a possibility to break into a market I don't know how much sense it necessarily makes to sell the stuff if you're still currently an athlete, but maybe like you get enough stuff every year. You want to make some, some money in college. Yeah, exactly. So in January, um, the new name image likeness law will come out. Yep. And from, from what everyone's kind of hearing, the, the book of the law says um, the NCAA will allow current student athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness as we see fit. So like no one knows how the NCAA is. So, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So what most people are thinking is that um, a current student athlete could maybe do a commercial or a paid ad on, you know, social media, but they just couldn't include their university. Um, so it would be solely off of their name, image, and likeness. So like a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who everyone could recognize, mm -hmm. you get on your TV wearing a white T-shirt and say, "Hey, what's up? I'm Trevor Lawrence." go yeah. buy a car from 
Joe down the street or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's where most people think it's headed once January hits, but we won't really know until we start seeing student athletes kind of utilize that. But I think the pressure is definitely on the NCAA to start opening up the floodgates when it comes to allowing current student athletes to fully capitalize off of um, their NIL. So whenever that does happen, and I think it'll be in the near future, I think NARP, NARP could really take off um, even more than we have in the past few months. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because like, I have a couple of buddies who played football at University of Washington, and you know they talk about how you know, day one, every year you get a huge garbage bag. You're like, all right, what size are you? And they just go and, you know, throw everything in there, fill it up. It'd be interesting, like, during the season, you know, you, I don't know if you could sell stuff because then you could just go grab another one and then, like, go sell it again from, like, the equipment room. Like, I, I don't know if that would work, but maybe after I'm sure the that season. Would rub, that would rub the equipment manager the wrong way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I know. Like, they always get, like, obviously you get, like, a bunch of new socks and new gear for every game and all that stuff. But just every single week, you're like, hey, yeah, so uh, you think I can get another, like. Uh, you the wrong size. Oh, you got to return it. Oh, uh, Sorry, lost uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> lost yeah. it. Sorry, man. I, actually, someone <laughs> broke into my dorm. And... <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you know the ins and out of this because you, as you mentioned before, you are a former college athlete. You played baseball at Clemson. Talk to us a little bit about that experience because that is a good ass program, and you played. Yeah, some, they're all right. <laughs> some, some good competition. Um. Yeah. So I born and raised in Southern California. Um. So I grew up following. Cal State Fullerton, UC Irvine, UCLA, like ASU. Um, And then it wasn't until I kind of got older that I realized, like, there's so much more college baseball than just the West Coast. Um, With all those schools in the SEC and the ACC that are pretty damn good. Um, And, you know, I'm a big fan of football. I love watching football. And so I'd always wanted to go to a football school. And there's no better place than the South for a football school. So throughout my whole recruiting process, um, it was always kind of in the back of my mind that, you know, if if the opportunity presented itself where I could go to a really good baseball program that just so happened to have a football team, um, you know, that'd be awesome. And wasn't recruited out of high school at all. Had to go to junior college for two years. And then sophomore year, junior college um, offers started rolling in. And when Clemson showed interest and then offered – I was I was all in, as Dabo would say. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I signed that day. Um, didn't go on a visit or anything. Just like, yeah, I'm in. Um, and I, I was going to summer ball anyways, like a week later. So when it worked out for a visit, yeah, I was like, yeah, like I don't need to go on a visit. I kind of kind of know what you guys are all about. Um, and then once I got there, it was everything that I that I thought it would be. It was uh, it was great, and I really couldn't have asked for a, a better college experience um out of the university and and from the baseball program too met some really good dudes there um that i'm still really tight with and they're some of my best friends yeah. uh, and then on top of that got to play in one of the best conferences in all of college baseball um and go play some pretty historic ballparks too play against some good competition so it really was uh like it was a dream um and i'm so thankful and appreciative of what i got to do because i know so yeah. many guys um work for that and it and it doesn't work out for them. So it was great. Can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, definitely. Do you have like one or two moments or stories where you're like, 
this is awesome. And when you look back on your baseball career, whether it's Juco, whether it's at Clemson, you were like, you know, I hit for a cycle this guy. I did it like what I whatever it was. Like, do you have moments like that or a few ones you want to share? Uh, I have a few. I'll share one. Just I don't want to get on my high horse. <laughs> <laughs> Go for I, it. I had a, like, a, a pretty average like, college career. I wasn't anything insane. Um, yeah, same. same here at a smaller program. So <laughs> exactly. that's off to you. It's all one day, man. Um, we, so our biggest rival is South Carolina. So every year um, we have the Reedy River rivalry. So it's home neutral away. So first game, this is my junior year. So I just showed up. I was like brand new. Yeah. Um, and I was starting third and I was like off to a shaky start of the season, just like playing in front of 7,000 people for the first time ever. Like wasn't really like getting comfortable at the plate or anything. Yeah. So playing South Carolina and it's like a top 10 matchup, like maybe even like top. Yeah. It was about top 10, top 10. And Friday night they threw this guy named Clark Schmidt, who actually just made his debut for the Yankees this year. Yeah. Um, he yeah he struck me out three pitches by that um and so they won that night friday i think they won like one nothing and then saturday we play at floor field which is where high a red Sox play so it's in the city of greenville um i think the place seats like eight thousand, and then you can like split it down the middle first base side is all south carolina fans third base side is all clemson so it's four thousand fans screaming yelling at you and it was top of the ninth and it was a tie game and for some reason I swung my closed my eyes and swung my bat and hit a go ahead home run oh let's go yeah I hit it and I was like dang like squared it up might have got underneath it a little bit too much might be a fly out to the track yeah and then the lord just blew that thing out right center field and so that's was, awesome like, running around the base I was like damn I can't believe I just did that and, like fans are going crazy I look in the dugout everyone's like losing their mind and I was like all right I'm gonna soak this in because I'm never gonna do anything close <laughs> ever ever again that's pretty epic man that's um, awesome and then we ended up winning the game and then we won on Sunday and in extra innings yeah um, everyone forgot about me by that time but, it was, <laughs> I remember it. but yeah that was that was my one story it was like this is this is pretty cool. It's something you kind of dream of. Yeah, and that that's one of those things that like never is going to go away. And, and same with some of the guys that you played with and against, right? Like I'm sure you're seeing guys pop up all over the place. Like my my claim to fame is uh, my high school was in the same league as Harvard Westlake, so they have those three guys that are just constantly on TV, and every time one pops up, I'm like, oh, Jack Flair. Yeah, here we go. Like I'm I sure got, you've I got, got a jam shot like, single off of him in my junior year or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. See, so I'm talking about. Yeah, see, I, I made the mistake of going back into the record books and seeing if my ground ball in the five six hole was ruled a hit or an error, and I found out it was ruled an error. So I, I shouldn't should have called up the should have um, checked. Yeah, should have called up the SID and be like, hey man, you got to change that. <laughs> it's been eight years, but like, you got this one wrong. <laughs> Go back in the archives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the the other cool thing that you did post college career is you're now playing baseball internationally, and I've heard nothing but cool things about that like talk to us about that experience for people who may be interested or don't know a lot about that life yeah um if you were listening and you're on the fence go do it 100 percent um after my career not career after my season um or my career at clemson ended 
Uh, I didn't really know what was going on. Like every senior, I was like, maybe I'll get picked up as a free agent, but that, that did not happen. And so I didn't know what to do. And an agent friend of mine reached out and was like, Hey, you should really look into go playing overseas. Like I've only heard good things about it. So I emailed this guy, his name's David Burns and he runs a website called baseballjobsoverseas.com. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, explain the whole process to me. You're actually like just in time. They're recruiting for the Australian season right now. So I make a profile and then like two days later I get, hit up on Facebook and this guy's like, Hey, like, do you want to come play baseball in Perth, Australia? That's crazy. Like, yeah, I'm in. Uh, and so <laughs> I played there for six months. Um, it was insane. I'd always wanted to go to Australia and now I had like the perfect, I don't want to say excuse, but the perfect um, time and reason yeah. to go, to go there. Um, and it's not an extremely rigorous schedule. It's like three to four days a week of baseball. So you do get time to, be a tourist and be on vacation mode or you can be on vacation mode the whole time <laughs> I was. Um, and yeah it's just uh, a super cool spot and then after that I got signed to go play in Germany in the German Bundesliga um, in a city just south of Cologne Germany which is in the northwest yeah. spot of the country so I was there for seven months um, schedule is pretty similar three, four days a week of baseball, the rest, you can kind of just kick it and go travel. Um, the cool part about Europe is you're so close to all the other countries mm-hmm. where you can just hop on a train. I would hop on a train for two and a half hours, go to um, Amsterdam, for like four hours and go to Paris. Cool city. Two and a half hours to, yeah, really cool city. Yeah. Um, two and a half hours to Brussels. Um, so that was awesome. And then I was going to go out and play in, in France this spring and summer, but uh, COVID, COVID came in and wrecked the world. COVID. So when COVID, so when COVID, we could figure it out, right? If this vaccine doesn't work, are you going to go back do it again or what's the plan? Uh, I, so we had a pretty good setup in France. We were going to be in a house like right in the, near the middle of the city with my buddy. He was going to be the catcher. I was going to be the shortstop. Sick. And he's, you know, things have started to blow up with NARP. Um, and so I'm pretty busy like doing this. And he's bugging me. He's like, dude, come on. We got to go to France. Like, they got the vaccine. Pfizer just came out. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is. Um, and I'm like, we'll, we'll see, man. You know, like, I got my plate full of something pretty special right here. Um, so that'll be a game time decision for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm telling you all the stories I've heard have been, I mean, one of my teammates came back and I, he, I told you, he gave a little speech on why guys should do it. And it was like 99% not baseball oriented. We were like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no shot. Like, if, you, if, if we like sat down, had some beers, and we like talked about it, I yeah. would not say any baseball stories. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he, was like, baseball he was like, yeah, man, like they, they paid us to, to coach when we weren't playing baseball. So that was our income source. And, but you know, other than that, it's all the stories for, yeah, there's this great beer hall down the street, and you know, the whole team would go there post games. And I was like, do you guys have games? Like, what, yeah. what's going on here? No, it's it's great, and it's like a different culture too. You get to experience. Yeah. Not, well, I'm not trying to glamorize drinking or anything, but it's just like way different in Europe. Yeah, totally. Um, it's, it's like after the, yeah. after the games, we'd all like sit around and have a couple of beers. Yeah, it's oh, it's totally way different. way different. But he, my favorite part about it though is this kid was a catcher, transitioned to first base. I like, couldn't move at all. We're getting updates from him over there. He's playing shortstop. He's now closing games for them. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Yeah, What's going Europe, on? Europe ball is wild. It's um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to 
described. It's not as developed as American baseball, obviously. Right. But you'll get some teams that have like really legit programs and they'll send guys off to go play college ball in America or even like get signed and, and go play a little minor league ball. Yeah. And then you have other teams where it's like, this is just beer league more yeah. or less. Like it's, <laughs> it's a really competitive beer league. Um, <laughs> so when, when you have a team that like is consistently putting out like college level talent, pro level yeah. talent, then you have guys who are just like out there for fun who like maybe are at like the high school varsity level. Yeah. Um, you get some pretty interesting games, and that's probably why <laughs> your buddy saw some time on the mound. You need to eat up innings. Uh, I, I distinctly remember a clip of him just giving up an absolute nuke down 14 to 1. <laughs> yeah, video same thing, same just... thing happened to me. I, I, I got on the bump, and I think we were down like 13 to yeah. 0. Um, and I just went 81 miles an hour down the middle. <laughs> One of the other imports just smoked it like dead center. I was like, all right. <laughs> At least I helped him out. I know how hard it is to hit, so I was just trying to help him out. I love it. I love That's it. This, awesome. Yeah, dude, now I'm trying to lace him back up now. You got me all psyched to go. Bro, I'm t- <laughs> after we hop off this, like, text me. I'll get I'll get it all set up, man. It's it's a really good time. David Burns will take care of you and set you up with a good team. I love this. See, I got to send this to all my my seniors right now, the kids still at Georgetown. They're, they're going to be fiended for this after this. Oh, it's no, it's the best. Yeah. Especially right. if you need like a buffer period, like between right um, college baseball and like the real world. That was yeah. the thing for me. Like, I wasn't ready to get a full time job, yeah. and so still in good enough baseball shape. Um, wanted to travel. Like that was my main thing. I was like, I really wanted to go see the world, but I didn't yeah. have the money for it. Like, oh, hold up, I can go get paid to play baseball and travel the world. It's the new gap year. It's the new gap year. It's, it's awesome. the new yeah. gap year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all, no, I mean, it's, it's such, it's, it's really similar in the basketball world too, as well over in Europe. Like, so they, the basketball is actually pretty serious. <laughs> well, here's like, the thing though, is they have some like really incredible leagues at the top, like NBL league in Australia is awesome. Then you have obviously the Euro league, but they have all these like lower levels where it's like the same thing where you can go play like third level pro bass, like semi pro ball in Europe. Yeah. Get for context, like a little bit Tim, of a Tim did this. That's that's Tim did this for us. Get like a little bit of. Did a, you really? Where'd you go play? I was. We were actually in in Germany a little bit. We were all over. Um, we like we, I was in Leipzig when we were in Germany. Yeah. Was fun. Um, but I mean, like, so like exactly like you said, there's some teams you play that are like these guys are incredible, and then there's other teams you play where you're like you just got off of work like an hour ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I just watched you walk into the gym and you're Yeah, working. exactly. But it's funny because like as, as an American, I don't know if it's the same with baseball, but like I'm signing autographs after games, stuff like that. I'm like, you guys have no idea. Like I can't, like I'm so bad. But Unfortunately, they, they just like didn't really care about baseball. So they didn't care about basketball. It was unreal. But um, I mean, it's, it's like, like you said, it's, it's the perfect way to go see Europe. Like, you get to do it with like a bunch of your dudes like you get to go travel and week whatever it might be and i i would recommend it too and that's the thing is i think you don't like especially with basketball is there's this idea that it's just the euro league or it's just the mm-hmm. nbl but there are so many lower leagues where you can go get like they'll put you up in a free house you'll they'll give you like a tiny stipend that doesn't really do anything mm-hmm. But especially from American, you all you do is you get hooked up with a few kids in the community, and because you're an American, you can coach them, and you can yeah. charge like 
hundred pounds an hour or whatever it might be. Yeah. hundred years. That's actually, hour. that's theft is what you charge for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. We would do that too. It's like you, if you, if you need a little bit more money, you just do hitting lessons and yeah. all these kids, because yeah. you're from America and because baseball or basketball is so more developed in those countries. Yeah. Um, you know, they're willing to kind of like take that leap of faith and do lessons with you, just knowing that you might have a little bit more knowledge than um, their local coach. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's could, like I said, it could not be a better way to see Europe for sure. Guys, now you have me hooked. I yeah, know. you're all, if you were all in before, you're all in. <laughs> Come now. on, guys. All right, Patrick, go. you are the man. I appreciate you for doing this. I think uh, a lot of people are going to learn a lot from this. And I think a lot of people are going to check out NARP because it's it's definitely worth checking out and there's a lot on there i hope so man yeah, it's it's narp clothing n-a-r-p clothing.com right n-a-r-p clothing.com instagram at narp clothing underscore and then twitter's just at narp clothing um but yeah, we're pretty active on on uh instagram if you want to check us out or just go check out the website um feel free to drop a a, a contact us form and if you like it let us know and if you don't you can let us know as well. Um, but we got something pretty special going over there. Um, and we think it's going to blow up. Uh, so yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. This is, this is fun. Our pleasure. We got to do this again. We got to connect again and get some more Europe stories out of you. Cause if I feel like there's a lot, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot we can unpack. Let's do it. I'm always down for that, man.